Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 49 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show. And you can follow me on Twitter at at Batman365. Our podcast Twitter account is also base at Baseball365Pod. And here with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew McQuiston, who you can also follow on Twitter at AMCQ82. Wow, that, I always struggle saying that, but Andrew, how's it going, man? It's going good. Trying to uh, trying to stay warm here. Yeah? Freezing. Yeah, it's freezing here. So in Indiana, I, uh, yeah, I haven't, I don't know if I've ever been to in Indiana except that time I visited your place last summer. What, so what, what's the temperature out there? What was the I height today? Even, you know what? I didn't even look. I, I want to say it was around 20, but it felt a lot colder than that. <laughs> wow. The You think the high was possibly 20 degrees? I think it was around, somewhere around there. Well, if it'll make you feel better, I think it was like 50 to 55 here in Southern Missouri right now. Yeah, it was a it was a great day. Like I got out and I I was kind of upset with myself this morning. I forgot to bring my daughter's coat when I took her to daycare and told him when I got there, I'm like, I forgot a coat, but she doesn't spend any time outside. So it's not a huge deal. And she's like, oh, don't worry. It's going to be like 50 or 55 today when you come pick her up. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, we got we got some nice weather this week, the la- or at least the last day or two, anyways. Yeah, my uh, my sister lives down in Georgia, and she sent me a video this week saying <laughs> it was like seventy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, get through this winter. Yeah, you're going down there next week, right? Yeah. Well, at least you'll get some good weather it'll, now. It'll be thirty-five when I go. Well. I'll tell you, I, I was getting my hair cut this afternoon, and the girl cutting my hair, her family's going down to Florida for vacation for Christmas next week. Uh, Panama City, or, or Florida, I think is the name. And I was like, do you know what the weather's going to be? She's like, no, I haven't looked yet. So I pulled open my phone and looked at the 10-day forecast, and in pa- Panama City, the high is like 68, which is cold for them at this point. So given you're significantly north of that, yeah, you may not be getting the 70 degrees next week by the time you get there. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, it's still better than what you're experiencing right now, that's for sure. Yeah. So anyway, on this episode, we will be discussing the week that was in the San Diego winter meetings, and then we are going to each give three Dynasty League buys and sells. We've been talking about doing this for, I think, two months, and we're finally going to get this podcast done, or this topic done, I should say. We'll be talking about guys we think make good targets to acquire, or guys that may be at their peak value right now that maybe could be flipped for a decent return. And, But before that, we're going to talk about the hot stove. And Andrew, the last few years, the winter meetings, I, I feel like every year it's been a very cold stove. And this year was the exact opposite. White hot. Man, do we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I was actually laughing earlier today because you had sent me these notes. And I just kept, felt like I kept getting alerts like 
so-and-so signs here, so-and-so signs here. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a two and a half hour podcast if we're not <laughs> careful. Are you meaning as in today you were getting notification, all the notifications? Yeah, well, just, yeah, but, you know, not big ones today, but just combined mm. with everything else that's happened. it's It has been a lot. Yes. I've got one spot at the end of all the transactions where I'm calling it like rapid fire. And I, I, I filled up an entire sheet on my iPad notes with just everything that's happened that are like barely discussable compared to all these big ones we had going on also. So anyway, last week we did discuss Steven Strasburg, who signed on Monday uh, during the uh, winter meetings. And each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there was a major deal. So let's start off discussing the big three deals and then we'll fill in around it. And I should say the second and third one because we've already talked Strasburg on last week's episode. Tuesday night last week, the Yankees agreed to a three-year or I'm sorry, a nine-year, $324 million contract with the Yankees. and Or I should, Garrett Cole, I miss said that there. Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees, and apparently Cole's got an opt-out in his contract after five seasons, but the Yankees can void that opt-out if they add a tenth season to his contract. Garrett has ties up in the Northeast, and it seemed like from the get-go in this offseason and late in the year, Everything we heard sounded like the Yankees were going to be aggressive on this guy, and they got him. Yeah, crazy, uh, crazy deal. Nine years, long time, but if anybody's worth it, it's him. Arguably the best pitcher in the league. I mean, he changes the landscape in the American League. Really does. When you, especially, you know, going from Houston, who was kind of the prohibited favorite, now to the Yankees, it's just. Uh, it's a pretty big deal, so pretty cool. Do you think that this makes the Yankees the World Series favorite at this point? Does this tip the balance to where they're the, the favorite in the AL? Yes. I agree. It's, that's how big of a contract this is. Kind of reminds me of the 90s. Uh, Deion Sanders, he was playing for the Cow- or the Falcons, and then he went to the Niners, and they won a Super Bowl. And he, I think he was only there for one year, and then he went to Dallas right afterwards. And Dallas won, I think, two Super Bowls in a row right then or won the next Super Bowl. And it was just one player going from one team to the other, and I'm sure there was more to it. I was a kid when it happened, but in my head, I was like, man, Deion Sanders, was that's how good he is. He made one team a Super Bowl champion and went to the rival the next year, and then they won it. And, yeah, I think Cole definitely – I can't believe we ever let ourselves believe he was going to the angels. I oh just, yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, the more I sat back and thought about it, even before he did this, I don't know, just with the amount of money that, you know, the Yankees are willing to shell out, uh, combined with it being a need for them and him, you know, the whole thing with him being a Yankees fan growing up, I don't know. It just kind of all, the puzzle pieces just kind of all fit together. I, the more I thought about it, I was like, how did I ever think he was going to the angels? It just, <laughs> but they, they sure did convince a lot of us there for a while. Yeah. That could have been Scott Boris doing his magic, but on that same note, the Yankees have showed a lot of restraint with free agency the last five years. 
So if they had yeah. showed a little bit of free restraint, which nine years, three hundred and twenty-four million is not restraint for any <laughs> giving any pitcher that. But um, if they hadn't, and the and the Angels had the biggest bid out there, I think he's going to the Angels, especially because he's a West Coast guy. Also, he's got ties out there. So I don't I don't fault like thinking that the thought process was dumb or anything, but. Uh, yeah, the Yankees, ever all the smoky we heard that they were going to be aggressive, they were. Yeah. So, here's another question then. You know, the Yankees won 103 games last year despite missing Andujar, Stanton, Judge, Didi, and many others for a big part of the season. Now they should be healthier, you would think. And, they, and they've added Cole. And they have one of, if not, who's one of, if not the best pitcher in baseball right now. And no one's going to remember how you answer this, Andrew, but I want you to pick a number. How many games would you, do you think the Yankees win in 2020? Um, I think right about the same. I'll say 104. Okay. Yeah, I think it's hard. It, it's definitely hard to uh, predict more. So, yeah, I think right about that. They had a lot of things go right despite having those things go wrong. That's Just fair. with guys that popped up, you know, and um, you don't anticipate some of that to be the case next year, even though you don't ex- anticipate the injuries to be as bad either. But, yeah, it's tough to say a team's going to win more games than 103. So I'd put it right around that number. I think I'm, and maybe I'm being a slave to the moment. I think I, I could easily see, and I'm, I'm, I think you could too, but I, I could see this team being like a 108, 110 win team with what they have. They are so loaded top to bottom now. It's just, it's insane what they've built. Cashman, you know, five years ago, whenever things weren't going well, he kind of did a quick rebuild. I, I, I don't even know if you want to call it that, but he, did made moves like selling Chapman to the Cubs. And I guess that was just three years ago and made a couple of those type of moves to stockpile even more what he already was doing. And it is working out for him, man. Okay. Well, let's move on to Wednesday night, which was the angels making the big move after missing out on Strasburg and Cole. They locked up Anthony Rendon to a seven-year, $245 million deal, which, oddly enough, is the same total and years in the Steven Strasburg contract. Now, Strasburg's backloaded, but anyway, seven years, $245 million for both of the Washington National World Series champions. Andrew, what's your reaction to this contract and deal? Uh, I think it's fine for both sides. I Definitely fill the hole for the Angels. They were one of the worst uh, worst teams last year in terms of production from their third baseman. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. It's about the amount of money that in years I guess that I would have expected, right around what Strasburg got. So, you know, kind of kind of cool to see the Angels step up and do something, even though they still need pitching, obviously. Yeah, that was going to be my kind of lead in here. I was watching intentional talk that next day and 
the question they asked was, does this feel like a panic signing by the Angels? Because they missed out on Strasburg and Cole. They need an ace or they need another big-time pitcher. You know, Otani should be back throwing this year, but we don't know exactly what and when. He could be up and ready to go opening day, but I don't think anybody's guessing he's throwing 180 to 200 innings next year. And they really need another strong ace slash high end two. And Strasburg or Cole, I mean, both those guys are aces and they didn't get it. And it's like, did they just have this money to spend and decide, all right, we'll just throw it as the next best thing, even if it's maybe not our biggest need right now? What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's a panic signing. I mean, I see what you're saying, you know, like it's like, yeah, they just take the money and put it, put it at Rendon. But at the same time, they needed a third baseman, too. And with Straws and Cole off the market, what ace are they going to get? None. Exactly. Not, not in free agency anyways. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, of course, they still need to figure something out with the pitching, but I'm never really going to say signing a guy like Rendon is a quote unquote panic move. I, I don't. I just don't agree with that, especially when you've got a guy like Trout. And, I mean, their offense, the offense looks pretty good, especially when you consider that they've got Adele on the way and some things. But, yeah, they Bundy and Tehran aren't going to fix the rotation, <laughs> so they're still going to need to do something there, you would think. I just went and looked into their estimated 2020 payroll at this point on Fangraphs. It's at 174 now compared to 161 last year. So they do have some money there that they could still spend before they get to that luxury tax. But man, I just sit there and see that 29 million for Albert Pujols this year, this next season and 30 for 2021. I bet they 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 can't get that off their books quick enough, I would say. Yeah, that's rough. Okay. Well, I'm going to bounce around a lot on the other transactions, trying to do most of these in chronological order. And last Tuesday afternoon, the Phillies signed Didi Gregorius to a one-year contract. Stock up, stock down, stock the same for Didi. I think it's about the same. Yeah, I think it's a good ballpark, good lineup. Uh, leaving Yankee Stadium, left-handed hitters, not something you typically want to do, but... I think he went to a pretty good situation, so I think it's close to the same. I feel very similarly like Jonathan VR. He was in the best-case scenario where he was, and if he left that scenario, it was a step down, but it was about the best spot he could go to and leaving New York, kind of like you're saying. So I'm with you on that. Um, did you see the clip I shared that I saw on MLB Network? the other day with Didi Gregorius on high heat last week? Uh, you know what? I saw it. I didn't pay that close of attention. I think I was doing something and I watched it real quick. And if you remind <laughs> me, I'll remember what it was. I just don't remember offhand. Okay. I, have you watched high heat? Oh yeah. There, I don't know who, what that guy's name is that hosts yeah, the Chris, show. Christopher Russo. Christopher Russo. And I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. It may be a great the show, guy but that, the guy that yells all the time, right? Yes. I can't yeah. watch it. I cannot watch it because of his yelling. 
So anyway, I was watching intentional talk again and they have that, um, they open up a segment with that was awkward. So usually coming off of a commercial, they'll do that. And they show the clip of DD on high heat and Christopher is asking him a question. He kind of points at his mic and he's not saying anything. So Christopher knows that like he does what he should do. And he says, thanks for being on. Great to have you. And DD, uh, it goes back over to DD. And I don't think this was on air. I think they'd already cut him off, but they're still recording in there. And it, there's a clip of him taking the earpiece out and saying, why is that guy always yelling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said, did you see? Did you see how I did the thing where he pretty much, I think he was acknowledging that he pointed at his ear like he couldn't hear him when really he was just trying to get the thing cut shut off so he wouldn't have to listen anymore. <laughs> yeah, as you were going through that, I remembered it. <laughs> Pretty funny. Oh my gosh, Didi Gregorius moved up, moved up, moved up my respect after that. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on to the next signing. Kevin Gosman signs with the Giants one year, $9 million. Last year was a disaster. This is a pretty good ballpark to pitch in. Does this landing spot intrigue you on Gosman? Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, it's it's better than pitching in Baltimore, obviously. I Last year he was with Atlanta, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, Atlanta I think he too. was traded there in midseason. Yeah, yeah, Cincinnati still, also. Still thinking of him as an Oriole, but um, I mean, it's a decent landing spot. Obviously, it's a better ballpark and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like I'm taking the bait on him or anybody <laughs> that has. I mean, I haven't really too much recently. It's He's got to show it to me first. I feel like, I don't know, just not that interested. Trying to look. Okay, his ERA was five seven two. His xFIP was four oh five last year. So they're showing he was unlucky. I, I'm with you though. It's like I don't know how much I'm going to be sucked in, but I'm definitely more interested than I was two weeks ago, where I was like, no, thank you. And now I'm like, okay, maybe if I could take him late, it just depends on how quick, how how much he moves up and drafts this off season. I'm sure you probably feel the same. Yeah, there's just other flyers I'd rather take. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. I if I did if we had more time I'd probably do some digging and whenever we do starting pitching ranks, I'll definitely try to get a him or him on that guy. That could be interesting. Okay. Uh overnight on Tuesday, speaking of guys who I know you don't love, the White Sox traded away for 2019 first round pick Steel Walker to acquire Nomar Mazzara from the Texas Rangers. Mazzara has seen his star fade in the last few seasons as the power hasn't gotten where it was expected. I think he's still hasn't even cleared 20 home runs in a season in his career yet. But regardless, the White Sox were in need of outfielders, and Mazzara is definitely an improvement on what they had beforehand. So, Andrew, I don't think Mazzara is your favorite guy. What are your thoughts on this deal? Uh, I think it's fine. Um, Steel Walker, I mean, I I think it's fine for Mazzara. Going to the Sox, lineup's improving. I think it's a pretty good spot for him. They got him pretty cheap. So, yeah, I mean, Mazzara, whatever I've ever said about him, has always been 
comparing him to guys much higher than Steel Walker. You know, yeah. it's just uh, it kind of turns the other way here for me. I I really don't see what the Rangers are doing here, but they quit him. They basically yeah, just gave up on him. Right, right. And I guess you could say that's fair, but he is still young. You never know. Twenty four. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's bad for Mazzara or the White Sox at all. I think it's an arbitration thing. I think he is officially arbitration eligible this year. And they just decided they didn't I mean, they've got plenty of outfielders. So they just decided to cut bait, but dang, it feels yeah. like they could have held on a little bit longer throughout the offseason and been able to move him for something more than Steel Walker. Yeah, you would think. I was surprised like that. when I saw that. It's kind of like what we say with Dynasty. If you're going to put a guy on the block, you don't have to sell him immediately. That kind of applies here with Mazar, in my opinion. Yeah. Meanwhile, the White Sox, they sure have an exciting lineup getting ready to come together here. They've got Yohan Mankata, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Grandal, Eloy, Mazzara, and then really soon they'll have Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal. They both might be up in the first quarter of the year. This team is definitely on the rise, and now they'd still need to go get themselves another pitcher to go with Giolito, Kopech, and Cease. But, Andrew, do you think the White Sox could be contenders this year? Uh, probably not this year. I think it's probably still another year away, but mostly just because, uh, some of these guys, you know, like Robert Madrigal, who knows what you'll get from them right away. Could be good. Might not be. Um, I think a couple of their guys could regress a little bit and the pitching just isn't there yet for me, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they're definitely a team on the rise. I mean, definitely. I it's the right division for it all to just boom in one year, but I still think Minnesota and Cleveland are better. Cleveland seems to be kind of ready to sell some guys off though. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe by opening day, Sox will look pretty good in comparison to these other teams, but we've still got the rest of the offseason to kind of see. It's a weird lineup. I will add that. Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Eloy, Mazzara, Luis Robert. None of those guys are big walkers. And Mazzara is a little better than the other ones I mentioned, but none of those Grand guys Dollar, are like 8 Grand to 10. Dollars. Yeah, he, he's good at taking walks. Mancata's not bad, if I recall, unless that's changed this last year. He's pretty good at taking counts, but a lot of guys that are hackers out there. It's going to be an interesting team to watch and see what happens to them. Yeah, definitely a fun team to watch, for sure. Yeah, they're going to be trendy. A lot of people are going to be trendy with them. Kind of like, I was it 2015 or 26, was it the year the Cubs won the World Series that people were putting a lot of money on them? I think it was 2015, a lot of people were putting money down on them to win the World Series because they you know, were not great odds, but a team that seemed like was on the rise. Yeah. I think it was 2015, the year that I was like, wow, that's interesting. Okay. Anyway, moving on, Scott Oberg signed a three-year, $13 million extension with the Rockies. 
with a club option for 2023. I have two questions for you, or actually I should say one question, and it might be two. Number one, is he the closer for the Rockies in April? Or do you think he will be, I should say? I, If I had to bet, I would say yes. I'm with you on that. So let's going off of that then. Now, question number two over under 25 saves for Oberg in 2020. Uh, I would take the under. It's the safe bet, and I totally understand. I think yeah, with this I don't contract, think, I don't think that he will close the whole year. I just have a feeling. But if he does, he's going to get it. Uh, it is the Colorado Rockies, and we do know one thing. <laughs> if you have a bad yeah. week, they seem to jump the gun on somebody. Especially yeah, they if might you're have, a young hitter. They might, they might have Brendan Rodgers close. <laughs> <laughs> no, they wouldn't put a youngster in there to close. They would, have, knows, right? they would have Ian Desmond closing for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Oberg's solid. I I mean, he could be fine. I just, I'm not confident enough in, well, one, their decision-making, but two, just in general with closers and stuff. It's like, one, he has to be awarded the role. Two, he's got to stick in it. I'll take the under on 25, but I think he'll get around 20 or so. Yeah. Yeah. And number three, he's in Colorado, which just makes it more of a hostile situation for any closer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to think on the over-under 25. I definitely don't have a strong feeling on it either way, but I do think he starts the year with the closer role. I thought before the contract that was going to be the case. Wade Davis, if I needed a closer, I think that's a guy I'd be trying to trade for because he has looked cooked in Colorado, but maybe he would be better if he got out of there. I don't know what his home road splits were, but I should probably look into that. You, yeah, you don't agree then. Oh man, he's just so painful to watch. I I've watched a good amount of him the last year or two cuz I owned him and Yeah, I just uh the only thing that I feel like is an argument for him at this point is just his contract. I is he still in that big contract? Last he year is, of the right? contract. Last yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's the only argument. Like, once he's out of that, which will be obviously after this year, forget it. It's just it's just been terrible. It's so hard to watch. And, well, ugh, it's terrible. I just said the home road splits were I, – I didn't know them, and I know them now. I'm looking at them. And, yeah, it, they're definitely better on the road. He's got an 11.1 yeah. ERA at home. <laughs> And it's only 5.4 on the road. <laughs> yeah, last year I remember when he would come in, it was almost like it became a joke. I was yes. like, there's no way he's going to blow this one too. And then he did. And, and then, then September came around and they wouldn't even put him out there except in like and a 10 run game and he'd still give up five runs. Yeah. And then it was like every, I think I looked at one point, I want to say, I looked at how long it was for, don't quote me on this. This isn't exact, but it was like how long he went without, with a per, perfect inning with 
at least one K. And I think it was like 27 straight appearances. He didn't have, he didn't have that. Yeah. I'm like looking just at a him. One, just a one, two, three inning with a strikeout. It was like, he never, every single inning, there was a base runner or if he did three up, three down, it was no K's. It was July just 14th. It was just such a mess. July 14th. He did it. And he didn't do it again afterwards. And September, they pretty much quit him. They used him three times during the entire month. He went an inning and gave up a run on September 3rd. He didn't get an out and gave up four runs on September 12th. And then on September 20th, he went a third of an inning and gave up four runs. And that was it. They, I mean, they just didn't even want to put him out there at the end. It was that ugly. Yeah, 14% walks. His walks were way up. His Ks were way down. And he's 34. You know, it's just, it's pretty rough. It's definitely rough with him. There's a vesting club option for, for 2021. I'm going to take a stab here now and say that's not going to get picked up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty safe. <laughs> okay, let's move on. The Yankees signed Brett Gardner to a one-year $12 million contract with a $10 million option for 2021. They've got Stanton and Judge. Hicks is out for the, I think, for most or all of this next year with Tommy John surgery. So they got Stanton and Judge on the corners and Brett Gardner. Are they really going to put Gardner every day playing time in center field at 36 years old? Man, I don't know. It seems like uh, just asking for him to get hurt at this point, but mm-hmm. he continu- he continues to be pretty solid. So looks like they have him as of right now penciled in there. Yeah, roster resource has it, him there. Yeah, what what did he have last year? Numbered homers. He, he had, had a lot like of home tw- runs. Twenty eight home runs or something. 28 home runs, 10 stolen bases. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it, every year he's just – he is underrated, it seems like, but he's getting up there. Yeah. So the, you, wonder, you wonder about health and stuff when you're running – he's running around like that in the outfield every day. But He had 550 at-bats last year, and if I felt like he could even get 500 this year and I felt confident in it, I'd want to draft him just because he does – perform every single year but i feel like the yankees are going to sign somebody else this offseason and kind of put him in there some but not all the time man i'm starting to feel bad for clint frazier <clears throat> oh man. man that guy that guy just cannot get regular i i don't know why i'm just surprised they haven't traded him yeah through all this time it's like they have stanton they have Judge. There's nowhere for him. They have, well, the Hicks, you know, when he's healthy, obviously he's out for at least half the year. But I don't know. It just seems really strange to me to continue to have a guy like that and not play him. I'm, yeah. not, saying, I'm not saying Clint Frazier's great, but, I mean, I think he deserves a shot. And yeah. He's never, re- never really gotten a shot. So it's just kind of. That whole thing kind of weird is weird to me. I don't really. I'd imagine at some point this year somebody will get hurt and they'll move them for something. I don't know what, but maybe an injury happened somewhere. It should have happened last year. They should have moved them, but 
And again, I guess they had a lot of injuries going on. But if Stanton and Judge are healthy, maybe this is the year they finally move them. Especially if they put somebody else in center field and they have Gardner also. Yeah, they got Tosh, Toshman too, so they actually have him slated to play left. Man. So who, who do they have slated as the DH then? I pulled off that page. Stan. Stan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. I wonder, yeah, if they'll, interesting. I wonder if they'll follow through with that. Okay, well, moving forward, Tampa has signed – oh, boy. Let's see if I can try to pronounce this. Yoshitomo – Ah, Tsutsugo. I wonder how close I got there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Tsutsugo. If I just say it and I just remove that T from the beginning, I think I can do it. To a two-year deal, uh, he hit 29 home runs and 131 games with an 899 OPS this past year. It's always hard to project these guys. Does this guy int- uh, intrigue you at all? I'll be honest. I don't. I don't know a lot about him. I gotta look into it a little bit more. But off the cuff, now in December, I would say like maybe as a late round pick. That's. I don't know. I got to do a little more digging on him. I. I always have a hard time with the. Guys from overseas because it's just like a question of how it will translate. I mean, obviously those numbers that you just read off, they sound pretty good. But I mean, obviously, yeah. major league. Obviously, major league baseball is tougher than anything he's encountered. So, home runs, especially. It seems like I remember Hideki Matsui coming over, and he was. Well, I think his nickname was Godzilla, and he was hitting forty-five, fifty home runs every year over there. And he came over, and he was still really good, but he was a twenty-five home run bat. So. Yeah. It just seems like home runs, whatever it's over there, it's not going to be near that when it gets here. So, yeah, I'm I'm not too excited about it. I usually get more excited about the pitchers than I do the hitters when it come when it t- comes to those yeah. guys coming over. Yeah, I'm with you there. So then we got over to this past weekend where two big moves happened on Sunday. Uh, Texas traded away reliever Emmanuel Clase. And outfielder Delino DeShields to the Indians and received two-time Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber. Seems like the Indians are just shutting payroll here again. And I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this deal? Uh, I, I think it's probably a little light for Kluber. I mean, I kind of mentioned it before i think i'm for the most part out on him um but you know i I think that he could potentially bounce back a little bit but it's uh i don't know i I just feel more like it's more likely it's going to go the other way but i mean giving up the shields and class i believe it's class a it's not a lot it's not a lot to give up. I do like Classe a lot. I've got him on three teams, three dynasty teams, but he's a reliever, you know, so it's hard to say. I mean, if Texas gets any type of bounce back from Kluber, it's going to look awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, whether that'll happen or not, we'll see. I'm not convinced that Kluber's going to be what he was prior to last year. 
again, but maybe he'll prove me wrong. You know, his 2018 numbers were still really good, and if you just look at those, it looks like he was great, but I was, again, watching MLB Network this week, and somebody was on there saying, yeah, his numbers look great, but if you really dig deep and look at those underlying stats, they show that there was decline happening, and that's why the market wasn't as strong for him as you would expect. And, yeah, I've expressed concern over him, too. But, again, a relief pitcher, no matter how good Class A is, he's a relief pitcher and a fourth outfielder, was all that was needed to acquire him. Acquire him. So, yeah, yeah. that's a, I think it's definitely worth the risk for Texas. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then on Sunday, the other big deal was Madison Bumgarner signing a five-year, $85 million contract with the Diamondbacks. He's staying in the NL West, and I'm pretty surprised that the Diamondbacks were the team that signed him, but I'm also surprised he signed for that cheap. Yeah, this is this one's crazy to me. I I feel like the Diamondbacks at any point during this, you know, next year or two could just turn around and flip Bumgarner. And get quite a bit with this contract. I don't know. I just, I like it. I think it's good. I I almost feel like if he's signing for this, uh, why weren't other teams in on it? It's just kind of mm-hmm. strange to me. So, yeah, it's one of those things where if the Diamondbacks have a rough year in 2020 or in 2021 or whatever, and, you know, it's getting near that deadline and team needs a starting pitcher and Baumgartner's having a good year, you know, a few years left on the contract. I feel like they could get a good amount for him. So yeah, I think it's good all around. He's definitely one of those guys that eats innings and he, I mean, he's an old school pitcher who wants to have the ball and throw seven innings every time he's out there. Now I remember being nervous about Bumgarner last year going into drafts. I saw that 3-2-6 ERA in 2018 and the 4-3-2 XFIP and thought, man, I'm just a little nervous about them, him, and I had him pretty far down in my ranks for pitchers. And while he was worse with a 3-9 ERA, I mean, he threw 207 innings and struck out a batter an inning just about and wasn't hardly walking anybody. But again, his XFIP showed 4-3-1. And I wonder, going from San Francisco to Arizona, I, I think he's going to be really interesting. Are you, in terms of stock compared to last year, do you think you're more or less interested in him going to Arizona? Less. A lot? Uh, no, not a lot. Just a little bit. I think, I think it's partially just due to the fact that his stuff is not quite what it was either. You know, it's not so much the team. I mean... Obviously, it's nice pitching in San Fran, but it's not so much that as much as it is like his stuff's just kind of on the uh, on the downswing, you know. You know, but it's still it's still a good contract. I mean, regardless of that, because it's just not a lot of money. Yeah, as long as he's not completely just blowing up in a bad way in the next couple of years, yeah, that's a very movable deal. It's weird that it was them that signed it just because they signed Grinky for all that money and then moved him because 
that contract yeah. that ate him up, which this is not go- that contract. This contract could go really bad, and at least it's still only one of the $85 million with five years. That's $17 million per. And, yeah, that's not that's not quite as bad. That's half a Greeky's annual money. Yeah, there. I will say I don't really get what the Diamondbacks are doing. They kind of mm-hmm. remind me of the team in your dynasty league that you look at, and they you, you're like, what's their plan? Like, I don't really get what their plan is. Uh-huh. They're just all over the place. And this yeah. was just kind of another uh, another one of those. It's Again, it's the, the contract itself is fine. I, I just – and, you know, maybe that's why they did it. It's just weird to me that nobody else would be in at that price. But, um, yeah, the Diamondbacks are confusing all around. <laughs> just hold – it's a whole other topic, I guess. Yeah. NFBC ADP for Bumgarner's 115 overall. So you're talking eighth round there. That's, yeah, that's about where he went in mine, I think. Yeah, yeah, eight, nine turn. Yeah. And looking at the guys around him, I mean, I think he that's about right for where he belongs. With Zach Wheeler, uh, Denelson Lamette, Jesus Lazardo, Carrasco, Ryu. Uh, he was second Soroka. in the NL. He was second in the NL in innings pitch, so yeah, he sh- should log innings. It's in a draft and hold, there's a lot of value to that. Okay, uh, I'm going to rapid fire a lot of deals here at you, and I'm just going to quickly breeze down these and ask if you've got reactions to many of them. Are you ready for this? Because four, yeah. six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen other deals I've got to write written down here. Okay. You want me Rick, to comment after each one or wait till the end? No, well, I'm just going to fire them all, and you just give me the ones that you find interesting or react to them. Uh, Porcello to the Mets, Josh Lindblom uh, to the Brewers, Blake Trinan to the Dodgers, Wade Miley to the Reds, Tanner Roark to the Toronto Blue Jays, Ryan Healy and Justin Smoke to the Brewers, uh, Cardinals signing... Quang Hyung Kim, uh, Blue Jays, Shun Yamaguchi. Uh, I'm probably butchering these so bad, and I apologize. No, you nailed them. I think you nailed them. <laughs> Avi Garcia to the uh, two years, 20 million. I didn't even write down the team. That was the Brewers, Brewers right? Brewers, yeah. yeah. Sergio Romo looks like he's about to sign with the Twins. Rangers signing jo- Joely Rodriguez. That one might be butchered. Uh, Martin Perez to the Red Sox. And some of the real recent ones, Royals signing Michael Franco. Angels signing Julio Tehran. White Sox signing Gio Gonzalez. 16 transactions there. Hopefully you even like know a couple of these that stuck out to you. <laughs> Remember them. Yeah, not, not a lot, honestly. Um I think there's an outside chance that if Kenley falters too much, that Trinan could close. Uh, just yeah. because he's obvi- just because he's obviously done it successfully before, and I think that may have been their thinking with doing this. Um, so that could be interesting if that develops. I still think Kenley's the guy for now, but just something to you know have in the back of your head. Um, I tell you what, I never thought I would say this, but I like Avi Garcia on the Brewers. 
I don't I've I've never been a huge fan of him, but I think it's a good landing spot as long as he gets the playing time. I did notice one thing that showed um Braun still starting over him and left. It was probably roster resource. I can't remember, but um it, assuming he's getting regular playing time in that park and stuff, I just think it's a, a huge upgrade for him. And I think he's got some pop and he'll chip in some steals. So I think he's you know, he's basically I mean he's really cheap in drafts. So it's not like I, I do think I think that'll rise a little bit with this with him going to uh Milwaukee. And yeah, not too much else. I mean Michael Franco, I think he'll get playing time. I actually funny, I I was in I'm doing uh NFBC draft and hold right now, as you know, but um we were in round thirty five today. And Michael Franco has been in my queue. <laughs> And I'm like, nah, he sucks. I just don't want to take him, you know. <laughs> but I'm I'm trying to just fill out depth. And uh, I was on deck when I got the alert that said he signed with the Royals. And the guy in front of me didn't take him, and I took him. Oh, good. 38th so, yeah, round, whatever you just said. That's 30, great. That's 30, playing time. Yeah, 35th round. I mean. And I know the Royals are bad and he's not even good, but it's just like, you know what? I, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, he's going to play, you know, at least for a while until maybe until he's so bad that he can't. But, um, yeah, we're kind of at the stage of the draft where any playing time is ridiculously valuable. And I yeah. just kind of thought he probably has it. So I just went with it. Josh Lindblom is the interesting one to me that I wanted to bring up here. Um, I hate the landing spot being the Brewers. That's a tough pitchers or park for pitchers. But it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I get, I'm get. i starting to get intrigued with these pitchers that are coming over and signing over here back in the States after going overseas and showing some success. And who knows? Maybe he'll be the next guy. I think that if you're wrong, you're not going to have to invest much. I'm definitely in on taking that guy as a late round flyer in these drafts. I took him in my draft and hold before he signed. I think I took him like the 25th round and I was in a prospect 361 mock that they did the other night and it was a fast draft. And I think he went and like, I was wanting to get him, but he went around 16 or 18 before I was ready to go. But I, I, I think he's worth an investment just to see, just in case. Um, and a funny story on him. I used to play MLB The Show on PlayStation all the time. And I remember when he was with the Texas Rangers. And I don't know why, but his nobody used him. But I would play these games online, and that guy had five pitches that were really good. And he was unhittable for whatever reason. So I used that guy all the time. I threw a no-hitter against somebody online with Josh Lindblom. So oh he's God. always... He's always had a special place in my heart just because of that. So that is awesome. Maybe you should disregard everything I've said because of that part right there. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I actually have a feeling that he'll either be really good or horrible. Yes. I I think it's like, Oh, I feel like guys like that. A lot of these, it's really hard one way or the other. Miles Nicholas or Kikuchi. One of the two. Yeah. I just have a feeling it's going to be 
one or the other. But yeah, I don't I don't blame you for where you got him. I think he went even later than that in mine. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's all the signings. Uh, we do have some smoke around a few guys possibly getting traded. I was thinking about bringing them up, but I think we'll just wait until something actually happens with them and take a break here, and then we'll come back and do some dynasty buys and sells. Sound good? Yep. Sounds good. All right, Andrew, I got three buys. You got three buys. I've got three cells and you got three cells. We'll just bounce back and forth on these. Do you want to go first or second? You go first. Never mind. I'm going to say it. You go first. All right. So we're doing, these are dynasty to be clear. Yes. Dynasty league buys and sells guys who you might be able to get some value out of or sell while the, before the value you think possibly drops. Yeah, so I think we both did a similar thing here. I'm just letting the listeners kind of know. We did two major leaguers and one minor leaguer. That's what Mm -hmm. you did, right? Yep. Okay, for each. So so my first buy, it's actually a pretty big name. Um, It's Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. And... uh, I mostly just say that because my opinion on him just hasn't changed in the last year, but I feel like he's a little bit. And when I say little bit, it's pro it probably admittedly is a little bit cheaper than he was a year ago. And I don't feel like he should be. I think he's the same exact guy. He hits the ball hard. He's going to be a beast. You know, and it's just he didn't have the greatest year this year. And if you can get him at any sort of discount at all, I would take it. Obviously, if you can't, it kind of, uh, you know, it all all of these kind of depend on the owner, the guy that owns him in your particular league, obviously. But I think there's a few people that are like slightly eyebrow raised with him and. If they are, I would definitely be all over it. Okay, two things. One, I completely agree with you. And he finished really strong in the second half. He was really showing good power, hitting the ball really well in the second half. Two, since we started recording this podcast, I just traded him in a dynasty league. (laughs) Yeah, but... (laughs) what, What you got, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, um... I agree, and I don't think I was trying to sell low. I Somebody was floating Ozzy Albies out there, and he needs outfielders. And I just traded my young stud outfielder for a young stud second baseman. I think it's a pretty even deal. But, um, yeah. yeah, still funny and ironic that you say this. And right when we started recording, I, I got the email that the trade had been accepted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll – I'll start with an outfielder also, except mine's a much, much cheaper outfielder. Uh, Bradley Zimmer with the Cleveland Indians. He only has played 43 major league games in the past two seasons due to a shoulder injury. Made it really back really late in the season this past year, but 
I mean, he was just getting a couple of games in because the Indians were in a playoff race. He was mostly a defensive substitution, but he seems pretty forgotten about. But the Indians starting outfield right now on roster resource is Oscar Mercado. He's good, but with him is Jake Bowers and Greg Allen. And it wasn't long ago that Zimmer was a top 25, 50 prospect. I think that's around the range he was at. And he did have eight home runs and 18 steals in 101 major league games just two years ago in 2017. Now, he was striking out too much, but I think this is a guy that could be had for cheap in dynasty leagues, and I'm not even 100% certain it's going to work out, but I think the price would be cheap enough that it'd be worth a shot. So Brad Zimmer, nice cheap option, I think. Yeah, he's he's almost got to be at the point where you don't even have to really give anything up. No. I mean, I would you'd have to check with his owner, but um, I could never discard somebody like this because it should be cheap enough that it's not going to kill you no matter what happens. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I... Uh, I don't love Zimmer, but I get it. I mean, he's basically free, and you never know. So Yeah, I don't love outfield, him either. Their outfield is rough, too. So you would think he'd get a look. I think one thing that's always weirded me out with him is he's he's already 27, I believe. Yes. I, which is I'm kind of crazy. He's 27, yeah. I thought he was Man. older than that. Yeah, see, I always used to, I always thought, when he was like 25, I remember thinking, you know, because that was when he was like a prospect. It was just, he's always been an older prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Kyle Zimmer's brother, too. Man, if you really think about the two of them, and how yeah. both of them oh had quite God. quite high-end prospect ranks and where they are now, it's not been a good thing for the, a good run for the Zimmer family. Yeah, I used to love me some Kyle Zimmer. I know that. Yeah, back in the All prospect right. pitcher days. All right, go. Yeah. Who's All your number right. two? Uh, so my number two is um, Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. For the Red Sox. Um, I mostly say this because... I think that he can be acquired at a price that is less than what he can provide or potentially provide. I've always kind of thought that he could push being an ace or, you know, high end number two, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Last year are the question, the questions with him have always kind of been the health, the durability, stuff like that. Last year, over 200 innings, over 200 K's, um, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of his time. He's 26, I believe. So just kind of coming into his own. And I still feel like it's a little bit under the radar to where you can get him for, you know, not that expensive and it'll pay off potentially big time, potentially. So I like him always kind of have, and I just feel like it's enough under the radar that it's interesting interesting you know in my daily dynasty my other league not the rotomasters one i tried hard to acquire him all last year the guy who owns him dave louise um 
could could not pry him off of him as he was selling a lot of his pitchers because the the first year of that dynasty didn't go as he was expecting, as he was hoping. So he was selling a lot of his pitchers, but he has held on to Eduardo Rodriguez. I tried multiple times this season to get him off of him, and Dave's held on. And I agree with you. I think he's a good buy. That's why I was out there trying to get him. Yeah, his uh, his average exit velocity and hard hit percentage are both in the top six percent of the league yeah. from last year, from twenty nineteen. So yeah, I just think there's some growth potential, and yeah, I think you can get him at a decent price. One thing I'll say is with um, a few of these guys, I don't know exactly with you, but. When I was trying to pick guys out, I was trying to not bring up too much of of the guys that we've talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Like I had Matt Olson on here too, yeah, as a potential buy, but I left him out because I just drooled over him last episode. <laughs> so I just kind of wanted to talk about some different guys too. But yeah, there's obviously other ones that would apply. Well, shoot, I think my next one I'm about to list is one I've talked about recently. Have I talked about Max Fried on this? I, I know I've talked I to you privately. I know you have. I know this is, this is your boy. <laughs> I think this is the guy I'm going to be most all in on in terms of drafts this next year and redraft leagues. And Max Fried, I've fallen in love with what I've seen as I've dug into him in terms of where he's going and the value I think he could provide. Um, 165 innings as a rookie this last year. He had a 4.02 ERA, and I think that's why his ADP is holding him down, because he also had 17 wins, 173 strikeouts, and 47 walks, and that XFIP was showing 3.32, significantly better than that 4.02 ERA he he actually had. I think this guy's a start SP2 next year who can be had at a three or four price right now. So I am all in on buying him, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get him in a dynasty league. I've already taken him in one redraft, and I will be continuing to be aggressive on him this offseason. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind it. You know, um, oh, your former first-round pick, Max Freed, too. Yeah. Did you, did you know that, you probably knew this, but Max Freed, Lucas Giolito, and Jack Flaherty were all on the same high school team? Oh, my God. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> the, the poor opponents. <laughs> yeah. Show yeah, up and you all, have to face them. I know they were all they all went to the same high school, and I'm pretty positive they were all there at the same time. Pretty oh. sure. Yeah, good yeah, luck. Just little uh, 16-year-old Timmy trying to go in. <laughs> and, the way, and the way that they've all three kind of – panned out obviously Flaherty and Giolito even more so to this point but mm-hmm. I mean they're all three still really good you know it's just totally crazy man that is nuts yeah all, all right. right so my my turn right my prospect fill us in with the prospect so I kind of went a little bit of a different route here with prospect. Normally, I know yours is a hitter, so I went pitcher. Justin shared okay. his with me. Justin shared his with me before the show, so I went with possibly my favorite pitching prospect, and that is 
Ethan Hankins of the Cleveland oh, okay. Indians. Yeah. Uh, I think it's still a little bit quiet with this guy, and he's six six. He's got four pitches, uh, ninety three to ninety six. Can hit ninety eight. Um, and he's just like the workhorse type, you know, where it's like, there's a world where he could be an ACE. I mean, it's like, you've heard him say ACE upside. There was, there was a point, I believe it was, it would have been the 2018 draft, pretty sure where, um, he was going to go number one overall Uh in the draft. And he was injured. He had shoulder injury. So he dropped. And it, it was almost kind of like he was just under the radar there for a while because of the injury. And I scooped him up in subdrafts last year. He had a really good year. And he's kind of on the rise. I mean, now he's pretty much a top three to five prospect in the system. I think the payoff is just enormous with this guy. And the price isn't that high yet. So I would definitely be trying to get in on him, even though I always say tin step and, you know, all that. I, I really do. I, I usually with, with pitcher, with pitching prospects, I don't really target them unless it's something specific that I see. And I've always kind of said, like, I don't want, I don't have any interest in dynasty leagues in pitchers that are just, you know, future number three starter, future Uh number four starter. I don't care about those guys. Literally don't care. I mean, I just read, I would rather roster a hitter that's 17 in the DSL and has a ton of upside, you know? Yep. But um, yeah, with Hankins, I just think that the ceiling is so high that it's worth it. And, uh, yeah, I got a couple dynasty shares really happy about it. So I and feel like I'm a, one, of, one of the high guys on him. And he was the second third round pick in those sub drafts last year. So yeah. that's the thing. You're not paying a heavy price to acquire this guy whenever right. you took him in the drafts. And even in trade market now, he's not overly ranked to where, yeah, very. I remember thinking having interest in him and sub drafts last year than finding him interesting. I didn't, I don't have a share anywhere, but yeah, there is a lot of upside in that arm and he's in the right organization too. Cleveland has done a fantastic meant, job at developing yeah. pitchers. Yeah. I meant to mention that too is yeah. He's just, he's set up really well, had a good year last year and yeah, the Indians have good track record with developing guys. And uh, yeah, I just, I really think he's got a high, high ceiling. But in the we'll last see. decade, has there been a franchise that's had a better track record than Cleveland huh. with pitchers? Maybe not. Prospect? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they're at the top. I mean, the Mets had a really good run there five years ago with who all their guys that came up. But they also there's a lot of people that say they screwed them all up too. Or ever, I guess, screwed a few of them up. I don't there's know. A, uh, there's a video out there on, on YouTube. I urge everybody to look up and just, just type in Ethan Hankins, Team USA, 14 strikeouts, and just watch it. It's 
it's so nasty. Like, his stuff is just so nasty. Feels so, it. Yeah. Okay. Well, my number three is Jonathan India, a guy who was uh, in a last year sub drafts. There was a wide variety of people who could go number one overall. I think he was one of the ones that was more frequently in that slot. And his stock definitely fell in 2019 after hitting around 260 in 120 minor league games with 11 home runs and stolen bases. And from what I see, he's still walking a lot, isn't striking out too much. And I did go to the Reds AA ballpark, Chattanooga, this past summer. And I can say that is definitely a pitcher's park. Um, India was a highly thought of prospect just 10 months ago. And with the fall in price, I'd definitely love to get some shares of him and hope that the second full season of Pro Paul get better. I think this is a guy who I'd be buying on the on the trying to buy on the cheap right now. Yeah, totally with you on India. I I have a feeling if you didn't send me this, I might have picked him. I don't know for sure, but yeah, I definitely am all aboard that. He would have at least been on your considerations. Yeah, for sure. Did you have anybody else that you had listed? Oh shoot! Now you tell me that, and I I know I I That's remember fine. writing J D Davis. Actually, yep, here it is. I, I found my list. I put J D Davis and Jamison Tyon as just a couple extra honorable mentions. J D Davis might be coming into full time playing time. If you're looking at his 22 home runs last year, you might be thinking, "Oh, that's not that great." But that was only in like 400 bats. And Tyon, if you're not competing, at, you know we talked last year. I know you were in the. If, if I recall right, you were on the, he may be overrated, but he may be somebody now, if you're not competing, you could get for cheap because, and just stash him. So those were my two that I had as possibles. Did you have any other honorable? No, mentions? no, I just, I just had Olsen, right? Okay. I already mentioned, I already mentioned, I tell you, I had a, I had a lot easier time coming up with cells. Oh yeah. But yeah, I was having a kind of a tougher time getting the buys, but. The cells were easy to me. I got like, I've got like eight of them listed, but I, I I've got my three I'm going to use. But I had five of each, so well, I'll go first this time. We'll flip it. And yeah. um, my first one's Whit Merrifield, and I think I've said a lot about him um, in terms of his last few months. Stole 45 bags last year or in 2018, and his steals dropped all the way off to 20 this past season with only seven of those bags being after the All-Star break. He's over 30 now, and while I think he'll still be a solid player, I don't think he has that elite skill set, or I don't know if he's going to have that going forward. And if the steals are already dropping, I want off that ship before they drop off much further, which could be this year. So Whit Merrifield is my one of my top sells. Yeah, I think I'm with you mostly if like you're not competing i mean you just have to you have to do it oh yeah so if Most definitely if you're in the range where you can win the league this year then maybe hang on to them but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there okay who's your one so my one is probably of all these guys the one i've mentioned the most and that's uh another big name like eloy it's victor robles I almost said it. I'm like, I bet I know who this one's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I. Um, to be clear, I mean, I get it. 
there's tantalizing skills. I mean, he, um, he has a lot of speed and will likely be in a major league lineup for the upcoming years because of his defense. Um, my issues with him just lie in the fact that I don't think he can hit. He was bottom 5% of the entire league last year in hard hit percentage and average exit velocity. Um, expected batting average was 233. And he just doesn't walk. I mean, I, I just really... Um, I think this is the type of guy that has the chance to just steadily decline. Like, you know, this, and the reason I say have him in the sell spot here is because he's still worth a ton. I mean, yes. he right now is probably considered by most to be a top, I don't know, 40, 50 dynasty asset. Yeah, I think that's and about I where just, he is now. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like, if I have Victor Robles, I'm not saying give him away, but if I have him and I can just get another top 40 or 50 dynasty asset for him, just give me the other guy because I'm positive he can hit more. And I mean, I don't know. I just feel like you can find your steals somewhere else. I don't think the counting stats are ever going to be there with the runs and the ribbies because I just don't think he's going to elevate himself enough in the lineup to get mm-hmm. them granted that's that's all situational i mean if if the lineup was all injured he'd probably hit at the top and maybe some of that would change but yeah i just think at his at his price right now which like i said is still high i would rather just cash him out and move on to something else that i still feel really good about because obviously if you're getting a top 40 to 50 player you know you can maybe even get a top 30 player for robles and it's like if I'm getting that, obviously I'm feeling good about that guy too. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just out on him. I, maybe I'll be wrong, but I I was also scarred by Byron Buxton. And I feel like this is, I feel like this is the next version of that. It it, There's a lot of similarities. Uh, I don't think Robles is striking out at the rate Buxton was when he came up. He isn't, but everything else really does look very familiar and yeah i'm gonna be haunted by robles and mostly who i gave him up for if he does not turn into a superstar this it's probably my worst dynasty trade i'll i'll make i made last summer when i moved him away or i made a trade for him trying to get speed and i gave up juan soto in a deal and uh i told bob who about three four weeks ago how i I just hate that trade. I wish I I wish I had not made that deal. But yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. It's one of those things where if he did start hitting the ball hard, you know, his approach took a step forward, and a few things happened. I mean, obviously, he could be a total stud. I get that. It could but be Javi Baez. The things the things that he is lacking in, I just they're things that don't typically improve. It's like you either got it or you don't. I don't know. I, I if he does it, I'll be surprised. But um, yeah, just how I feel about him right now. 
I need you to be wrong. That's what I'm saying. I need you to be wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll move on before I start crying. And my number two is Malik Smith. Uh, I think his days as a full-time player could be numbered. Right now, people are seeing those 46 steals he had last year and thinking he's a great player. But his struggles last year caught him as starting, cost him his starting gig for a little while. And right now, Roster Resource has Malix as a starter, but Jake Fraley is in the mix now. Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick are coming. I mean, there are people that think that those guys both will be up this year and coming fast. But Malix, he looks like a fourth outfielder, and I think he'll be one sooner, sooner than later. And if I could get a – if somebody could see those st- stats – and think, man, I need speed because speed is the hardest thing to find. If I could sell him, if you got the speed to afford, or if you're just trying to get out from under it before the ship sinks, he's a guy I'd be moving right now. Yeah, I, I could not agree with anything more than that. Um, it's funny, when Justin sent me these, I told him, I was like, well, I was going to use Malix, but you can do it because I've already said a lot of this stuff. It's, um, yeah, there's just too many guys coming and that are better. I mean, Kyle Lewis, Mitch Hanniger. I didn't even mention um, Kyle Lewis. Um, obviously, Kellenic, Rodriguez, uh, Julio Rodriguez. And I feel like I'm missing one other one, but. Fraley. Oh, Fraley, yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things. I would rather trade for Malix when I know I need the steals in season, uh, which I actually did that last year in Roto Masters too. I just traded for him, and then I traded him like a few weeks ago. But, yeah, I, I think that he could be, you know, he could just turn into Billy Hamilton and just be mm-hmm. a, basically a bench bat that's fast. I mean, he's definitely fast. And steals are valuable, but so is playing time. And I just think his days, like you said, I think they're numbered. Yep. Okay. Who's your number two? Uh, I had a lot of guys for this one. Um, I went with Hunjin Ryu. And... It's mostly just because I think last year, I think it's pretty clear. It's like a, this is kind of a classic, uh, just sell high on the guy and get out, which is exactly what I would want to do if I had him. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like no matter where he goes from LA, because he's free agent, it's going to be worse. It's it's a downgrade. Like no matter where, I don't care where he goes. It's a downgrade. And then not to mention the fact that you expect a lot of those numbers to go backwards to add to it that he's 32 and, or actually he'll be, I think he'll be 33 before the season starts. Yes, that is correct. His birthday yeah. is just a couple days before opening day. And the fact that he's always been hurt until mm-hmm. last year, basically. I mean, he's always had injury questions and I think you can take this guy if you have him. And sell him off to a contender as like a guy who's a, a borderline ace or a number, t- a strong number two. And he still has a good amount of value because of the year he had last year. I mean, he was 
arguably the best pitcher in the National League, close to it, you know. So there's still value there. I would just rather get out now. I mean, his value is not going up. It just isn't. It's not mm-hmm. gonna get it's not gonna get better. So to me, it's just I know it, it almost feels like so painfully obvious that I didn't even want to mention him. But yeah, I guess it's just that obvious that I kind of had to. So I'd definitely just get out on that guy. He's being floated in my other dynasty league right now. Um, and as a smart, savvy owner, no surprise that he's got him out there. And I asked him what he'd be interested for. I don't think we got too deep in conversations. I just wanted to at least check and make sure he wasn't going to sell him too low. But right. um, yeah, I'm with you on that. It's a, there's plenty of warning flags here between health performance, free agency, going to a new park. Yeah. Uh, everything screams sell. I also, I also get to that. There's regression baked into what he will likely cost. I mm-hmm. mean, you're not, you're not paying for what he did last year, the full amount, you know, it's not like you're, somebody who's trading him in a dynasty league, it's not like they're getting the return that sick an ace would bring. And he was an ace last year. But if you can get a starting pitcher three. Yeah. yeah, I would just, even if it's a little bit less than that and some of that's baked in, I would just rather get out before, before the bottom falls out, which I feel like it could any point. I actually kind of, Depending on the contract, I'm going to slightly cringe when I see who signs him. I just, oh yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's it going to be the Twins. It's going to be the yeah. Twins because that's the type like of signing they gonna, make. I feel like it's just not going to go good. I don't know. Yeah. It's just my hunch. Yep. Someone's going to pay him about $20 million per for three or four seasons to pitch <laughs> 130 innings. Oh, boy. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Madison Bumgarner just signed for... Seven and eighty-five, and I'd definitely rather have Bumgarner. Even though I, yeah. in a single year, I think I would have more. Fi- I don't know actually. Those innings with Bumgarner. Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to say that. What I was about to say, I don't think I mean it. Okay, my number three with the prospect, I went with a hitter, Nick Madrigal. <clears throat> Excuse me. I um don't really know what to make of this guy. I drafted him in a sub draft this past spring and his K to walk rate is comical. He walked nearly three times the amount of times he struck out this past year, but he's also showing close to zero power and four home runs in 120 games in this past season. And he hits a lot of pitchers to the opposite field. That's a uh, part of the not showing for power. But while his 35 steals are nice, he was 35 for 48 on the pads. And that's good, but it isn't some sort of game-changing speed. I just, personally, I have a lot of fears on this guy. As I said, I took him in the first round, but I moved him mid-season, and I'm really glad I did, even though he did come on a little stronger after I moved him. But if someone wants to buy him in hopes that he's really close to coming up and He's the next style Tuve, and maybe the power will eventually come. I'd move this guy in a heartbeat. I just, I think I'm out on Madrigal for what I think you could get out of him. I'd be moving him. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really, 
don't know what to make of him, like you said. I, I, like part of me is with you here, but part of me isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it just has to do with the fact that, like, he is going to hit. Yes. Like, there is no doubt about it. And, A 3% K rate in double A or triple A? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so that part of it just provides such a floor that it's like, man, I, I think I was, I was saying to somebody else, it's like, if this guy ever hits like 12 to 15 home runs and I'm not, I don't know if he will. I mean, who knows, but we've also seen other guys that all of a sudden hit for more power than you thought they would. You know, it, it happens all the time. So, I mean, at that point with speed, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's I definitely get what you're saying because I don't think that it's game changing speed. It's obviously right now seems like it's could be zero power, mm-hmm. but he, like I said, he's just he's an absolute lock to hit, and that part of it makes me like hesitant to say, "Oh, I'm just totally out on him." I don't know. It's he's a weird one. I can't figure him out at all. I feel like I'm, I'm going to have to wait to. I can see him more just when he comes up, you know, and by then yeah. it's probably too late to either buy or, you know, buy cheap or sell whatever it's, he has his fans for sure. It seems like. I'm, I think my trade, I moved him, Danny Jansen. And I ended up getting the, what turned into being the fourth pick in the sub draft. And, Oh, I, I got something else in that deal. Oh, I got Danny Jansen. And I ended up getting, I I moved Madrigal and another piece, and I got Danny Jansen and what was that sub pick. So I'm real happy I made the deal regardless because that fourth overall pick looks pretty nice right at this point. But, um, yeah, it, I, I'm either going to be really right or really wrong on this one, I think. I don't think there'll be much of an in-between. Yeah, it's just it's definitely tough to say. I, I just have a hard time reading them. Yep. Okay, who's your number three? All right, I so I had a tough a tough time coming up with uh, my prospect sell. Um, this guy, I just every time I look at a prospect list and I see this guy, I think he's way too high, and that's the main reason I have him here. And it's Cabrian Hayes from the Pirates. Uh, I just. I don't get it. I, I just don't get it with this guy. I think he's a slightly above average hitter. Last year in triple a in 110 games with a juice ball, he hit 10 home runs. He doesn't walk a ton. I mean, he doesn't strike out a ton either. So that's fine. I mean, his hit tool, I think will be okay. And he chips in a few steals, but I don't know. I don't see anything that he does. Like, I don't see any plus tools here other than his defense. I know it's really good. I've heard reports about his arm being strong and really good defender at third. But um, it may be a little bit of Pittsburgh bias, too. Uh, They're just they're not that good at developing hitters. And he's close, which I guess, you know, you could say is interesting, but. I've seen him 
ranked in like top 50 prospect rankings. And I just don't like, I, I would take any guy that I've seen in that area where he is on most lists over him. I just, I'm definitely not in on him. He's kind of slipped through the radar cracks with me. I really haven't paid much attention to him. I've never had him, not really followed him closely. And I see what you're saying now that I'm looking at his fan graphs page. There is not much to get excited about here. And yeah, I went to a prospect website and saw him in the top 50 just now. I'm like, yep, I think I completely agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's a world where he beefs up. I read something about the Pirates wanting to put on mass, in which case his steals are probably going to drop. And then it's like, I mean, yeah, there's a world where I guess his power gets up into the upper 20s or something like that, you know. But you could say that about a ton of these guys. Yeah, right. I just don't see what sticks out about this guy. Like, why is he in the top, you know, 50, 60, whatever? I've seen him in different spots. But I just, every time I see him in a a set of rankings, every single guy around him I would rather have. Every time. And I couldn't come up with one, so I was like, I'm just going to name him because I would trade him for all those guys, you know, any of the other ones. It's just, I think he's a, or like a corner bat in the main, like he could come up. He's probably going to come up this year. Um, he could come up and, you know, he, he could be one of those types where it's like your corner bat or something like that. And it probably would be okay. But I feel like you got to have more power and, I don't know. I just don't see where the impact's coming from, I guess. That's my thing with him. I just don't think that there's a high ceiling at all. And Yeah, I'm, like I said, totally out. You got any other ones you listed? Yeah, I did have two more. Uh, one ro- guy who was a rookie this last year, Chris Paddock. I think we've talked about him. That lack of the third pitch, I'd be selling him at this point. I think his value's incredibly high. You can get a good return. And Drew Waters, kind of Similar, when I look at him in terms of the prospects, I just don't I, – I almost – it's kind of like how I feel about Cabrian Hayes. I, I know what people think of him as a prospect, and when I look and see what he's doing, I just don't see a guy that I'm like, okay, I got to get this guy. 130 games last year in AA and AAA with seven home runs and 16 stolen bases and a lot of strikeouts. Maybe the power – people are saying that that's going to come, but when you're – not hitting for much power and you're striking out that much and stolen bases are okay, but not great. I, I kind of think that guy's overrated right now for where he's at. What about you? Or if you want to comment on Uh, any of those, go for it. I just, I listed, um, Starling Marte Mm kind of similar to what you said with wit, um, Aquino, Max Scherzer, Berrios and Shane Bieber. Yeah. So I just I just had a whole like kind of list of them. But the yeah. three that I the three I went through were probably my favorites. Why Barrios? That one that one's the one I'm hearing and I'm surprised I should say like what what is, what are you seeing that scares you on um, him? nothing really scares me. I just don't think he's anything special. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's viewed as this young stud pitcher. I think he's I mean he's all right, but that's, that's just all he is to me. I don't really see what what makes him so great. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I no, just I, think you. Can, I just think you can get more than 
what he's bringing back. I mean, he's he's solid. It's fine, but Scherzer the back. Just I I think it's time. I I don't know. I have a bad feeling about Scherzer. You've got a I've Justin Verlander about. feeling that I have. <laughs> Not yeah, Verlander. Just, yeah. I could be wrong on those. I mean, B and Bieber too. I mean, Bieber, God, he had such a great year last year, but I mean, he still got hit pretty hard and his fastball is just nothing special. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of his value is insane. Yeah. His value is ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing is a lot of this is what their value is now. I mean, these guys are coveted, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm, you, you and I have talked about Chris Paddock specifically in terms of you loved him last year for where you could get him. And now it's like, no, yeah. thank you for where he's at this year. It, yeah, no. It's all about what, what the price is as compared to the player. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, that was a good little talk. I think we got to put a lot out there. But um, I guess that pretty much wraps this up. We put in a pretty good show here. Uh, what what are you doing for Christmas next week? I guess you did already say you're going down to Georgia. Yeah, going down, fly down Sunday, and I'll be back Thursday, the day after Christmas. So I think our next podcast I'll be recording from there. So yeah, try and try and do one on Monday. So yeah, our goal is to get one out early next week. We're gonna bring Chris Winder on, like we said before, and get him to. So Andrew's going to be the taking my role and doing the interviewing and talking to us about our draft and hold we just did. And he'll be congratulating me for my, my championship. I've already locked up in that league. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got to look at, I got to look at it a little more. Well, let's just, I was following it while you guys were doing it. So, well, let's just say my first round pick was on Andrew's cell list. (laughs) Well, I don't know if he's going to be predicting me to win the league. Oh, back. Oh. I took Scherzer in the first. Yeah, yeah. So once again, I need you to be wrong on that. Um, yeah, he easily could be. He could be. He could still be a stud this year. Last question I got before we get out of here: We're recording this, and the weekend is coming up. That Star Wars is coming out. Actually, the guy I made the trade with tonight, he said, "Sorry, I was busy watching the Star Wars premiere." Um, I don't think I've ever discussed Star Wars with you. Andrew, what are your thoughts on Star Wars? Uh, I don't have much input. I've seen, I have saw the older movies, but I, I don't have much to say about it. I haven't, I haven't watched them in forever. So you've seen the original three then? Yeah, I think it was the original three. Yeah, I think. Okay. Maybe well, maybe one maybe one of the other ones, but it's been so long. I don't never I'm got honest. into them. Not really. I did I did a little bit when I was a kid, but I just I haven't watched them in a long time. What's funny is I was the opposite. I hate I had I wanted nothing to do with watching them when I was a kid. And it wasn't until about fifteen years ago as the prequels were coming out, the second batch of them, and I think in like ninety nine, two thousand three, two thousand five, I think that range is when those three movies came out and I got into them and then absolutely fell in love with it. And yeah, I'm going to go see the movie tomorrow with my wife. We're our, we got somebody watching our daughter and we're going to go see it, but I guess you're no fun to talk about with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to let down. Maybe when we, 
Maybe next podcast, Winder will have something to say about it. Who knows? I need to remember to ask him about that. See what his yeah. thoughts on Star Wars. I bet he's into it. He's got kids. I I, I have a feeling Winder's going to be into Star Wars. So, Chris, I'm counting on you here. We can talk about it. And we'll talk about everything that happened. And everybody who has not seen the movie yet will hate us. That'll be yeah. what we could do. <laughs> okay. Any last words before we get out of here? No, that's it. We- probably be recording that one monday so we'll be right back again as uh, real quick so all right well thanks everybody we appreciate y'all take care take care guys thanks again for listening to the baseball 365 podcast with justin hughes and andrew mcquiston be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode along with quick links to facebook and twitter If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.